We are now recording in October. October in the United States is LGBTQ History Month. In the United Kingdom, it's Black History Month. And LGBTQ History Month is in February. But in the United States, February is Black History Month. So the world is topsy-turvy and congratulations to all humans that exist in the world. I'm excited over the next month or so to to more hear about everyone's coming out, what happened, when they did, how they did. There have been on TikTok the uh, some lesbians are posting the you know show me your long hair, show me the long long hair. All right, the no, I'm oh, not gay right. hair, yeah. and then the oop, there's my bisexual bob, maybe a little bit. What's going on? And then the really short hair where all of a sudden your family's getting really concerned and then you shave it all off and then what you look like now. So I'm excited to keep hearing about this and seeing more and more. So I have never shaved my head, but that video spoke to my soul. I was like, ooh, I fall into that stereotype. <laughs> I, I also don't quite fall into that. Part of it is because I always wanted to be able to pull my hair back in with a bob. I couldn't get it up in a bun. And that was unacceptable to me and my lifestyle. But did you see that other TikTok about the benefits of having a bun? This one was specifically for a man bun, but it's your joystick of fun. Mm -hmm. Aha. I thought that was, it gave me a little chuckle. I can't say that many people have used it that way, but uh, perhaps they will now. Could always spreading the word. <laughs> Buns are just joysticks. <laughs> In honor of LGBTQ History Month and the fact that October 11th is National Coming Out Day, should we maybe talk about some of our own experiences as being baby gays or our stages of coming yeah. out, share some of that with the audience. It all yeah. comes in different, different shapes and sizes. Very much so. I think, I will say, I think you and I had, I don't want to say easy coming out, but the rough part of my coming out story was coming out to myself. If we're being honest. Why don't you, you start, you go, you can, Tell us about Catherine before you looked in the mirror and went, holy shit, I'm gay. <laughs> and then um, how she got to where you are now. So tell me about long hair Catherine. Long hair Catherine was high school. Catherine, not Catherine. Catherine was starting off long hair in high school. And I am one of those queers that kind of did it backwards, didn't have the questions about self-identity until I had already participated in queer activities. And then, in retrospect, I thought, oh, huh, maybe I'm not straight after all. Why do they say queer activities? Like you went to fucking summer camp and you came back and you're like, yeah, they put me in with the queer kids. I don't know what happened. 
be great. I've never been to summer camp in my life, but if only they had a summer camp where you could figure it out. And it's like, here's the little house dedicated to all the cottage core lesbians. And then here's the house dedicated to all like the bisexual pirates. Yeah, we're just talking about TikTok tropes now, but we're hip. My story did legitimately happen, happen that way after the fact. So I just grew up in a household that never said anything negative about being gay or being on the, the rainbow spectrum or family. Again, I didn't know anyone else in my family or friend group that, that was until high school. And my best friend at the time, through other talking and conversation, figured out that, hey, we would be open to experimenting a little. In fact, did experiment. And then started a years-long self-identity crisis (laughs) of, okay, tried it out with women. That was great. That was fun would do again and then tried it out with men for a while and I was like hey you know this just doesn't feel the same or as right or as as great unfortunately but all of those that was all part of coming to my own you know self-identity and while each relationship was kind of special and new it I just always felt like some piece of it was missing when I was dating a Amen. So again, started in high school, took me years, probably until after college before I was fully cemented in the fact that I use the term lesbian to identify. And the family seemed to be pretty cool with that, actually. So that was good. As long as I still give my mother grandchildren, nothing else has really changed in does biscotti not count? The language there. I personally think that biscotti should count. Yes. So my cat biscotti most definitely does count as as a child that I have, a little fur baby. And yeah. again, this is us just getting rid of that stereotype or that very damaging belief that when you say, do you have a family? You mean, do you have human children? Don't do that. Families, again, come in all different shapes and sizes. Just yeah. like the queers do. <laughs> I re- that's one thing that I really, really hate is that, are you going to start a family? I already did. My partner and I are family. Like we're, we are family. And whether we want to have kids or not, that's, we can add to our family, but this is already cement. Mine was different. My upbringing was really conservative. Uh, I shouldn't say really. My upbringing was conservative was Catholic, Christian, and we had always learned in school, because religion is a class that you have in a Catholic school, that homos were awful, and you should pray for them and pity them, but you should definitely try to steer them back to the way of the Lord. Some talk about how wrong homosexuality is. And they would use those same thump quotes from the Bible that people either misquote or take out of context or misuse to ensure that we understood that anything homosexual would be inappropriate. So it didn't really cross my mind until I was in high school 
that it, there was even a possibility and that I was queer. But when it hit, I was like, damn, I don't, I don't think I'm going to have a family. <laughs> I didn't think it was going to go over well. I moved out for a bit, moved in with a friend, had a talk with my parents and ended up moving back in with them literally like right before going off to college. But it was a talk more about them saying, don't bring anyone around the family. Don't let your little sister know. We don't support it. It makes us uncomfortable. And you need to know that there have to be rules around who you can bring home to spend time with in any capacity because of what you're telling us. Which for me being the queer that I am, I'm like, well, if you're concerned before, like if you're concerned of me being a lesbian was not to bring women over and your concern of me being straight was not to bring men over, then I can't bring anyone over. No one's ever coming over. And so that, that was tough. But then I went off to college. The summer before I went to college, I think was really the time when I had my baby gay phase and I went through and did exploring about what words I wanted to use and how I wanted to look and who I wanted to talk to and wanted to consume as much queer tea as possible. But I didn't really alter my appearance much. I mean, I still showed up to move in day with a tie dye shirt and purple basketball shorts, which is exactly, and I was barefoot, which is exactly what I would have worn any other time anyway, <laughs> which was a little bit different to, from what I remember, Catherine, I think you were wearing pearls. Probably <laughs> pearl earrings are still my go-to. <laughs> So. Very New England preppy here. So for <laughs> context for the audience, Joe and I first met in college as freshman roommates. And I don't think I knew that little bit about your your history and your backstory, which is maybe explaining why we kind of clashed initially so much. I didn't realize how different we were in our own self-identity journeys at that stage when we had first met. Because again, while that I first did some exploring in high school, it very much, like I didn't really entertain the idea to myself for years following that. It's like, it was always that sneaking, sneaking suspicion, but not something that I felt comfortable coming out to even friends and a family. Or I would just explain it as, oh, in, in my past history, I've been involved with both men and women. And mm -hmm. that's pretty much where I would leave it and not really feel comfortable diving into it. So I was still, my baby gay phase or whatever you would like to call it lasted for, for quite some time. So hats off to, to you for just kind of like blowing right, right past that and through it to get to who you are. You know, my love of confrontation. And if it was going to come to the point where I'm like, oh, so it turns out I am queer. I was like, hell yes. And you know what? You got to love me for it. If you want to know me, you got to know that too. Like I was, it was full baby gay for me once it was on. It was, you know, the music that I wanted to listen to, the movies I wanted to watch, the people I wanted to talk to, the places I wanted to go to. It was, it was queer. The person that I had moved in with helped me a lot. They helped me a lot. There's someone who was one of my best friends in high school and 
they were open about who they were and they were honest about it and genuinely helped me understand kind of what the hell was going on. So that was, it was great. But then I ended up fucking one of her coworkers and one of their friends. <laughs> I'm not saying that I was always a great human, but I will say that I, I was always me in a very extraordinary way. But yeah, I mean, that would explain why if we were in that different of a place, because I think that when we met, I was in my first relationship, my first queer relationship. That was a long time ago, Catherine. 11 years, Joe. Sorry, my brain is still... (laughs) I didn't even think that I was going to make it to college, much less get this old. That's incredible, man. That's nuts. The BBA phase of like, I want to be around queer things. I want to look queer. I want to take this in. So for me, that was very much like kind of a little bit of senior year of high school, mostly the summer after high school, definitely my freshman year of college, maybe even my sophomore year of college of like the people don't mean for it to happen, but basically it's like gay is going to become my personality and I'm going to see how far I can take that. When do you think you had like your baby gay time? We're circling back to the same thought. When did I first cut my hair short to a pixie cut? Because that's probably when I allowed myself to do that. So I guess I'm saying back at like senior year of was college, after college, like first year of grad school that I finally bit the bullet because I did that. I had long hair in high school and a little bit later in high school, got a bob and had a bob for so long many many years so that was that was probably it i i guess that i felt getting out of a and i know god school is kind of still a school environment but otherwise getting out of a school environment getting away from some of kind of the past people that i grew up with and was still kind of exploring letting me kind of get into my own yep i i would say baby gay phase at the end of college beginning of beginning of grad school where it was cut the hair short let's consume all of the all of the queer things although even in maybe it was in college I remember ordering this little pamphlet about homosexuality in the bible and it literally just was different explanations of how to speak with someone who brings up these bible phrases to tell you of why homosexuality is a sin. I remember that. And that's why a little bit ago when a certain someone was doing some talking about those thump phrases that people use against homosexuality, that's why I forwarded it to you because I thought that. All right. So your, your baby gay happened 2014, 24. All right. Sorry. I was trying to think back just on college thinking about like where everything was. Definitely. Definitely later in in my life, and even immediately after grad school, I went into the workplace. And I know this was also something that we've kind of mentioned potentially talking about before, is how how out do you want to be in your workplace, even if you are already out to like your friends and family? So that was lightly sprinkled in my workspace of like, Someone one time for Christmas literally gave me a unicorn with like a rainbow tail and a rainbow mane. And that was sitting at my desk. I had the HRC, the Human Rights Campaign, their 
equal sign that sticker was was at my desk and I had another like rainbow mm -hmm. sticker or or two so if you if you looked for it it was there but otherwise at that time when I first started my job I was single and that's quite often how you out yourself otherwise mm -hmm. it just ends up coming up in other conversations that you're kind of having with with friends once you start making those in the office so but it was definitely a time it's tough to decipher how out to be at work because part of any role regardless of what's going on but if you are potentially even just in an office with people who view homosexuality as an abomination or um as a moral fault then all of a sudden these are people that if you need their either permission or sign off for things they might take a second look and what does that mean or if these are people that are under you are they going to potentially say that you've done something wrong you know so what sort of environment are you in a lot of different ways not only what you have on your desk, but like what clothes do you wear? Jewelry, hair. I mean, pretty much any tell, like, like we've talked about any tell for the queer community you think about. How do you sell your hair? Do you paint your fingernails? Do you not? Do you wear heels or not? Pants, skirts, dresses? So many places tell you, bring your whole self to work. We want you to bring all of you to work. We want you as the human. We want you as the family person because it is all of you that's made you who you are. And that's why we hired you. And it's such a fucking lie. It's such a lie. They don't want queerness. They don't, they don't want the things that anyone in the queer community talks about because if something for marketing comes out and we go, okay, great. For the last five years, we've used different pairings of men and women for whatever Valentine's thing we're putting out. Maybe, maybe we messed with the genders of the people that we're pushing out. And then it becomes this huge thing of, Do you even want to say that, even though it would make you seen, and even though that's why they would have hired you? Or is that just going to be brushed to the side, and then are you going to become that one queer that always wants to make it gay and won't leave gay alone? We wouldn't bring it up as often for representation if you would just, like, think to include it. <laughs> I know once I was in a in an office setting and even when I was younger and other internships and, and stuff, knowing that I was part of the queer community, I felt that I immediately put like my queer goggles on and and tried to test my gaydar. I'm like, okay, who else in this office could possibly be queer as well? And you know, I would like after being there for a couple of months, maybe I would have a couple of like suspicions. And then it seemed inevitably somehow we would just always find each other. <laughs> like something, something <laughs> came up or it came up in conversation or maybe, you know, eventually I mentioned the world, uh, the word that, you know, I have a girlfriend or overheard someone talking who's a, a female and say, oh, you know, uh, my wife and I this past weekend were doing this. And I'm like, hmm. So it does. It's true. 
And I always wanted to try to do that because it's just uh, looking at other offices and then also checking in to see, oh, okay, a majority of people here seem to be white and cis and straight. Mm. Sad, some of the places that I've been in that you can count on two hands or even one hand, you know, the amount of black people that we have, the amount of brown people that we have in the office. It makes it dangerous because that makes me think of like the diversity and inclusion stuff that hiring tries to do. I am not about to bash affirmative action. Let's get that going. I think that there's absolute racism and sexism and ableism that goes into hiring processes. I think that in an environment where the majority of people are white, straight, cis men, when you when you do what people want to call a diversity hire to be more inclusive and you drop a black person in there, you drop an Asian person in there, you drop a woman in there, you drop a queer in there, you're not actually diversifying or including them. What you're doing is you're taking this marginalized individual and dropping them into a pool of danger. So when you tell them to bring their whole self to work and you've dropped them in to this pool of people who are going to constantly second guess them, pass them up for promotions or pass them up for projects, uh, be just a freaking danger to them walking to and from their car. There has to be a better belt. You can't just drop a few sprinkles of diversity in and expect to be like, no, it's fine. Look at us. We have all of these people. If you are in a college or in a job and every single person that's not straight, white, or cis can all fit in the one pamphlet about your organization, you are doing it wrong. Hashtag alma mater. It's just dangerous. I think that's part of the reason why queer people try to seek each other out though. I remember being in the workplace when same-sex marriage was legalized in all 50 states. States had to actually honor out-of-state same-sex marriage, which happened in 2015, the summer of 2015. Remember receiving that news on my phone. I was sitting at my desk. And I was so excited. I like stood up from my desk and I was like, ah, 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 the, the, why is everyone pretending like nothing's happened? I was like, the world is just continuing. Oh, okay. I've, I've seen this office literally rally around and watch football games or FIFA World Cup games that happen and people will be streaming that on their computers and I just I had to take like a quick lap for myself to see if anyone else was even just recognizing or maybe just talking about or or celebrating this and at times it just feels really exclusionary It was one of the biggest court rulings 
to happen. And yeah, queer spaces were going all out. Uh, bars, community spaces. You had, sure, the news was going on about it. And yeah, it, the news did fine. But like, unless you, unless you were a member of the community, there was like no joy about it. For me, that that's the beginning of where my frustration with allies began. Because here is something that is so remarkably important to what it means to me to be recognized as a whole human. And it's like, it's just another day. Look at us being amazing with continuity. Yeah. If you were a true ally of the LGBTQ community, you would be talking about that and recognizing that because all it takes is a moment of pause and for you to think the opposite was happening, that it was same-sex marriage that was legal. And the fact that you're a woman who wants to get married to a man, guess what? You can't. You can only do it in some of the states. Just remove yourself for just a hot sack and think about what that would actually mean or be like. The fact mm -hmm. that some people had to travel outside of the country to get married, that were living in states that didn't recognize they were actually in a marriage and legal partners with one another. That's all that it takes. It is just that moment of genuine human compassion and connection. And yeah, you should kind of be, be talking about it. So individually, I think that it's like, as a friend, you would think that if that news popped up, your friends would have reached out to you to be like, yes, we saw, we are so pumped. We need to celebrate or we need to be, we, let's do something. There was someone from the college that we attended who was on the Supreme Court steps with a pride flag, who when the ruling came down, he was all over. He was all over. And it, it's an incredible picture. I also think that in terms of being at work and getting up to kind of look around to be like, anyone, anybody get that news alert? One, when there are no other queer people around because you were the one off-brand that they kind of brought into the office. Like you said, isolating, exclusionary. There's no one where you can be like, guess what? Our lives are changed, literally. But when you know that you have news alerts like that set up and it goes off and no one else does, it just so much cements and brings to the front the fact that the news that queer people look for and listen to the news that asian people look for and listen to the news that trans people look for and listen to can be so i know and i was going to talk about how then two years later at the pussy march everyone was going and talking to that that was definitely a topic of conversation at the at the office and it's just right. once again another indication of how far removed from like mainstream media or mainstream conversation yeah. lgbtq rights seems to be women's rights yeah 
raise up your fist, power to the women. We know that struggle. We're okay talking about that struggle. But LGBTQ stuff, okay, we're, we're kind of getting there. We'll give you a branded product with rainbows on it. And then <clears throat> racial... Rainbow struggles? capitalism! Yeah, we're not comfortable talking to ah! you about that and the fact that you're Black at the workplace. Sorry. Right. It all, of, it's, it all wraps up together, and that's what makes it so frustrating. Okay, so being in the workplace and knowing that your news as a queer person is so different than the news that anyone else is looking for, it just feels like crap. Because it's like how... How is it so different when it is so life-altering? That's something that I had a tough time with around that period in time. I was like, this is, this literally changes my life. This changes the life of so many people I love. And even when I told people, there were plenty of people that were like, wasn't it already? There were a ton that said that. And I was like, no, that's why it's a big deal. And then there were a ton that were like, oh, yeah, that's great, finally. But, like, that was their excitement level. But, like, yeah, of course it should be. Right, but it hasn't been, and that's why it's a big deal. That's why I'm excited, because, no, it wasn't before. It, 2015, okay? Think of for how, how many people died in the fight to just be able to hold their dying spouse's hand while they took their last breath. Think of everyone, not everyone, the damn majority of people who were gay men who died during the AIDS crisis who couldn't hold their partner's hands as they were dying. They were either left alone or their potentially homophobic family came to dismiss them if they came at all because it was family only. So to finally have that ability and to look around and realize this isn't even news to anyone. It's huge. It's not just that way for queer people, obviously. It's that way for, God, everything. It's, I mean, for women's rights. You know, when it went to, I believe it was, um, I think it's Iceland. I could be wrong on this. I think that Iceland does yearly studies into the pay gap and they're, making laws and actually working toward ensuring that it may not be exact, but they're getting as damn close as they can. You know, so different news along those lines. I'm sure men were like, okay. Yeah. Cool. But when we're like, no, but yes, <laughs> finally, there's actually going to be time put into this thing that we already know exists, but you guys want the science, want the numbers, want the backup, want the peer-reviewed journals, and all of it to be by men just to prove that shit's happening. I, like, I get how the news can be so different depending on what groups you belong to, but it is still baffling how different they can be. And the reason we still need to keep celebrating... LGBTQ History Month each year. As a reminder, for again, we've come so far, but still have so far to go. 